T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. First, Ross, happy Black Friday. For those of you listening this morning that have no idea what we're talking about, here's Dan Snyder, Redskins owner, introducing his new coach, Ron Rivera, with a strange greeting. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Today's the beginning of a great new year for the Redskins organization and its fans. What the hell was he talking about? For those that haven't seen the video... Ron Rivera was laughing hysterically, Ross. No one in the media or none of the friends of the organization in the room chuckled even the slightest bit. Can you explain what happened there? Uh, Three options in my mind. Number one, he just totally screwed up and Ron Rivera thought it was hilarious. Uh, I, I just don't picture, though, if you're Ron Rivera and you just got this new contract and your boss screwed up, I don't think you'd be the one person laughing no. that hard, right? No. I no. mean, let's look at this logically. The guy just gave you a $5 million fully guaranteed deal. I don't think you'd be laughing at him within no. 10 seconds of the introductory press conference. But that is an option that Daniel Snyder just messed up. But he said in the very next line, it's a new year. It's a great new year for the Redskins. So I don't think he screwed up, Dave. I think he knew what he was doing. Um, I will say this. I'm not a comedian. I'm not even, I don't even try to be. But if nobody laughs at your joke, it wasn't a good joke. (laughs) Right? I I, I mean... Yes, absolutely right. A couple of things here. Now, I reached out to our friends 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. after I saw this, and I said, is the rest of the country just not in on the inside joke? And confirmation was no. None of us in the room understood what it was, and they began asking questions after Snyder said it, and as of last night, they still had no clue what he was talking about. I'm with you. I think this was an inside joke between he and Rivera. I don't think Snyder has the rapport with the media to go in there and get them to laugh. It it was clear that that's just an uncomfortable situation. I don't think he thought it was Thanksgiving. I think he wants everyone to give thanks for the organization hiring Ron Rivera. Again, a little tone deaf if you are the Washington Redskins. And at one point, the entire country was up in arms about getting rid of that nickname and the logo and think about its connotations to Thanksgiving Dan Snyder lives by his own set of rules. Uh, I, I don't understand it. But on the bright side, I do like the hire of Ron Rivera until Snyder screws it up. And you? Well, so, yeah. And, and I would say this. My only other thought, Dave, is that, yeah. yeah, there could be an inside joke. But he also could be like, hey, this is a great day for Redskins fans. Let's give thanks that we yeah. got our guy, that we got Ron Rivera. Like that. That could be why it's happy Thanksgiving. We are thankful that we got our guy. We made our hire with Ron Rivera. That's the only other 
plausible scenario that I can think of. But again, one way or the other, it's not good, right, Dave? I mean, I don't want to make too big a deal out of this. I'm known for making a big deal out of press box food and its reflection on an organization. By the way, the Redskins press box food is typically heinous. So you should know that. But no matter what, Dave, Daniel Snyder talks to the media maybe once a year. It's kind of a big opportunity for him. He got rid of Bruce Allen, which everybody wanted. He got a coach, which everybody seems to like and respect. It's a, it's a, it's a big miscalculation, one way or the other, to start the press conference in that way such that that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, like, I, I don't want to make too big a deal out of it because it's probably an inside joke that we just didn't get, but that's what we're talking about. We're on a national show right now, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about his comment rather than really the Redskins showing some core competency here, moving on from Bruce Allen, getting a good coach. I mean, one way or the other... I, I think maybe it's a flaw, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, that I make too big a deal out of little things, but I think little things are important. You talk to your fans maybe once a year, and you start it off by either screwing up or by an inside joke that nobody gets. Like, that doesn't help you. How does that help you? Viral moments matter, but I think only in the moment. Yes, all day this was the biggest takeaway from the press conference. Uh, Nothing Rivera said could have topped the Thanksgiving remark, not in terms of social media attention. But ultimately, this won't matter. This is why Snyder probably doesn't talk to the media a whole lot. He's not very good at it. I don't think this will matter in the long term, and I also don't think it matters in D.C. It is something for us and the national media to latch on to. If you want proof of that, here is some sound from 106.7, the fan in D.C. They are all excited about the hire of Ron Rivera, the defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, as well, not focusing on Thanksgiving, but giving thanks for their new coach. The Redskins and Ron Rivera have come to terms. A five-year deal, and we want a little reaction. How do you grade the hire? I think it's a solid B. Okay. I think when you use the word solid, I do think it's solid. I think he's going to bring a level of competence. I think you're going to feel like they're a prepared team. My reservation comes from just some of the little things that we have heard just in the last couple weeks about Daniel Snyder, like it seems like he still might be in the equation. But so. if he lets if he lets Rivera do his own thing, see, I, I would be lukewarm on the hire if Shan, if if Allen was still in play. Right. Okay. But now that Allen is gone, I'm going to give them a better chance of being successful. So, like, if Bill Belichick is an A plus, like Ron Rivera is a, a B B plus. He's a really good coach, um, and, and I think in a lot of ways. And, and we put out uh, a column that I wrote yesterday on the FanDC.com that he is the right coach at the right time. I think it's a good pick. I think it's a good fit. I like his ethnic background. That may help fill seats in the stadium. I'm excited about this Ron Rivera hire, man, because of the fact that. I think he's a guy that could really turn this pro, turn this franchise around as far as his um, as far as his culture change. And I don't believe it'll just be him 
turning it around. I think he will surround himself with the right pieces as far as coaching staffs and um, things of that nature to just help turn this franchise around with so much talent. That's 106.7 The Fan in D.C. I like the grade. I think that is about a B, B plus, but I think it's inevitable, Ross, that Dan Snyder will meddle and we'll find a way to screw this up. And we also don't know what type of organization Ron Rivera is capable of building. We know he's a great coach, but how will the personnel department work? There's a lot of questions down the road. It was also the day Jason Garrett was fired in Dallas, or was it? It's tough to tell this morning on a Friday because no confirmation has come from anyone in Dallas with the Cowboys organization. But the breaking news was from Ed Werder of ESPN. Via Twitter, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones and executive vice president Stephen Jones have decided that Jason Garrett will not be part of the organization moving forward. Again, that according to Ed Werder of ESPN late last night. Now, Garrett's contract is up on January 14th. They don't really have to do anything. They don't have to fire him. They can just say goodbye. But again, no confirmation from Cowboys land. No confirmation from our friends at 105.3 The Fan in Dallas who are all over that organization. What do you make of this strange sequence of events? I don't know what to make of it other than they have so much respect for Jason Garrett that they wanted him to be able to say his goodbyes and do the player exit interviews in a manner in which he liked. But I saw where Jane Slater, Dave, from NFL Network, said yesterday that he still hadn't done all the exit interviews with players. What? I mean, Dave, as a player, you are looking to get out of there ASAP. Now, it's the Cowboys, so maybe more guys actually hang out there and live in Dallas year-round. But every team I was on, those guys had flights or their cars were packed on Monday. And right after they met with their coaches, they were out of there. So to think that they made some Cowboys players stick around for four days for exit interviews... Oh, hell no. Hell no. No chance. Those guys want to get out of there. They want to get back home. It's a long season. How about zero days off from mid-July on? It's nice to be able to have your time your own. Look, that's one of the best parts about being a pro football player. January, February, March, unless you make the playoffs, you're off. You get to go and do whatever you want. Your time is your own. I just don't believe that they still had guys doing exit interviews yesterday on a Thursday. I'd be pissed, really pissed, if I do exit interviews. I think that that's part of it. I think that maybe they've decided that they want to go ahead and announce this on a Friday afternoon right before the playoffs so it doesn't get as much attention. I don't know. That seems like the exact antithesis of everything <laughs> no. the Cowboys represent. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they're working some backroom deals and Sean Payton's going to end up being the coach of the Cowboys and Garrett's going to the Giants and they're just making all this work behind the scenes. But if that were the case, I would think that there'd be some leak out of somewhere because there's a lot of people involved in something like that. This weekend, eight teams, four terrific looking games. We thought we would rank those eight teams in terms of likelihood 
to get to the Super Bowl. And we're going to start with number eight. We're going to go all the way up to number one in terms of the most likely team to reach the Super Bowl. And I want you to start with your eighth-ranked team of Wild Card Weekend, least likely to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think this is a fun way to do it, Dave, because everybody else just breaks down the games. No, 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 no. It's about the Super Bowl. It's about the big prize. So let's rank them in terms of least likely to most likely to actually get there. Should be noted, Dave, and I think this is important. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not a single team playing in Wild Card Weekend has gotten to the Super Bowl since the Baltimore Ravens in 2012. So I don't want to like diminish this weekend's importance or whatever. We're all excited. It's the NFL. It's playoff football. Get fired up. But the reality is, I don't want to say this weekend's a waste of time, Dave, but the odds tell us, recent history tells us, none of these teams are going to the Super Bowl anyway. None of these teams are going to have a chance to lift the Lombardi Trophy anyway. They got a chance. They're in the tournament that starts this weekend, but nobody since 2012. Pretty crazy. My number eight ranked team, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, But it's true. My number eight ranked team is the Philadelphia Eagles. They have been on a miraculous run over the last month of the season. But they are so beat up. I've never seen anything like it. They're without their top four wide receivers. All of their wide receivers, except for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, were on the practice squad Within the last six weeks, I've never seen that. Their running back, Miles Sanders, also still hurt. Jordan Howard coming back from an injury. So Boston Scott, also on the practice squad, is the guy right now, as far as we know. The whole right side of the offensive line, their two best offensive linemen, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. Brandon Brooks is definitely out. Lane Johnson may or may not play. I tend to doubt it. Same with Zach Ertz this weekend with the last. I mean, it's just, it's too much, Dave. Now, do I think they could beat the Seahawks on Sunday? Yeah, I think that's kind of a toss-up game. But then to go to San Francisco, likely, and then to go to either Green Bay and New Orleans, Mm -hmm. I just can't envision this current iteration of the Philadelphia Eagles being able to win three more. I think they might win one more. I think that's an unbelievable accomplishment given all the injuries, but they're my number eight ranked team. I just cannot see them winning three more games. Wow. I cannot believe we agree on that. I had the Eagles also at number eight. And to me, it's very simple. One number. I'm a numbers nerd. They are four and six outside of the NFC East. This is not a great football team because yes, the health, The one thing they need to do to have a chance in the game, and I don't think they do have a chance in the game. I actually don't think it's a toss-up because I think Russell Wilson carves them up if they come with the right game plan. They don't have Rashad Penny. They don't have Chris Carson. They're going to have to chuck it. It's all on the Eagles' secondary, a secondary that was shredded by Ryan Fitzpatrick recently. 365 yards and three touchdowns uh the folks at wip sports radio in philadelphia they are 
extraordinarily proud of this organization because of that practice squad mentality, because how many guys have been that next man up, almost Patriots-like uh, decision-making. You've got Boston Scott, the guys Ross mentioned there. Let's listen to what they're saying in Philly, WIP Sports Radio. Fly, practice squad, fly, off the bench from injuries. Fight, practice squad, fight, score touchdown, who is he? <laughs> your pay is low, the stakes are high, so watch our practice squad fly. Fly, practice squad, fly, cause your name's a mystery. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! I don't feel a lot of confidence in this game, do you? Yeah. You do? Tremendous. A month ago, I, ta- I said Tremendous. this was, this was going to happen and they were going to beat All Seattle. Right, tell me what your confidence Seattle's is. Seattle's been leaking oil yeah. for they're a month. They're leaking oil. When they win, they win by three. Okay. And they're coming into Philadelphia and Wentz is on top of his game. The Seattle Seahawks are so good, they're only plus seven for the season. They've only scored seven more points than their opponents the entire season. They play too many close games. Close games on the road don't work as well as close games at home. I think with our injuries, we've had some time in a few games to maybe adjust to them and adapt to them and game plan for them a little better. The Seahawks injuries are pretty new. They're not sure what they're going to do without Kendricks. They're not sure what they're going to do without their running backs. There is no way, I mean, no way, that the Seahawks are coming into our house and beating us for a second time this year. The defense is riding high. They're making plays. They got veterans. We got leaders from the Super Bowl team that are hungry. We got Carson Wentz back to MVP form, ready to go with a bunch of unknown guys that they found at Wawa. I'm telling you right now, Angelo, there is no way the Seahawks coming to our house and taking another one from us. Coming hot on Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia. I do like the fly practice squad fly song. Angry guy there at the end. A bit delusional, but they all are in Philadelphia. Apologize to our listeners and viewers there, but Carson Wentz is not a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. They had a poll on WIP yesterday. 69% of people took Carson Wentz over Russell Wilson, more than 8,000 People voted a tad delusional, but I like your confidence in your quarterback. To number seven we go, Ross. Number seven for me, and I was on the radio with them this morning. They weren't thrilled about it. Uh, Radio.com app, our friends at 610 down in Houston. It's the Houston Texans. Uh, They are pretty beat up coming into tomorrow's game, even just against the Bills. Will Fuller not really expected to play, even though he's a game-time decision. We'll see what J.J. Watt can give him. I talked to Greg Cosell uh, earlier this week on the Ross Tucker podcast, available on the Radio.com app. And he said that Deshaun Watson really hasn't played well over the last month. And if you watched the Tampa Bay game a couple weeks ago on a Saturday He didn't look entirely healthy. Now, he didn't play last week. A.J. McCarron did. So maybe those two weeks off have given him a a better ability to be able to play. But I just don't see the Texans winning two road playoff games in Baltimore 
and in Kansas City. That's if they can even beat the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they're going to do it. I think the Bills are going to beat the Texans tomorrow. Uh, But even if the Texans win that one, uh, I don't see them winning two road playoff games in Kansas City and Baltimore. I think those teams are light years better than Houston. And that leaves Houston where they are just about every year in the middle of the pack, good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to do anything in the playoffs. And that's where we continue our radio.com red zone in sports radio 610 in Houston, where Ross Tucker was on this morning. It's that mentality. They've gotten used to kind of being, well, good enough to make the postseason, better than mediocre, but not a Super Bowl contender. Listen. Uh, sometimes this is how I feel after the Texans win yet another division championship. I feel the way I feel when I have Thanksgiving dinner and I want to complain about the turkey being too dry. Like, I'm, I'm in the richest nation on earth. I've got just all this plentiful bounty in front of me. I'm stuffing myself to the gills, and yet I find something to complain about, and it's the turkey is dry. I feel like the turkey is a little bit dry, and I feel guilty about it. Yeah. This, uh, but but Bill O'Brien needs to understand they have deep fried turkey now. There's ways to keep the turkey moist. Yeah. We know uh, they, they they won the AFC South. You guys was talking about how eight years ago that the first time we wanted the excitement and that we want more. You know, I was excited when I took the damn training wheels off my son's bike and he rode his ass around the cul-de-sac. Now he's graduated to riding his four-wheeler. That's the progression that we should be looking for. Then these jackasses only scored six points in the whole second half. That is not the kind of football that gives anybody a long, hard one that say we're going to go into the playoffs and be ready to play against that caliber of talent when you're talking about Kansas City, Lamar Jackson, and uh, Tom Brady. And that's what frustrates us, man, because we should be excited about this. We are the dissatisfied upper middle class of the NFL. Yes. Where you're not up in the, the elites. You're not one of the one percent or anything. But you're you've got a good job. Yeah, we won the division. Okay, whatever. We all know what lies what lies in the weeds. We're gonna get the four seed. We're gonna play Buffalo, and we're gonna get we're gonna get the hell beat out of us by by the damn Ravens. So here's my question, Dave. Great stuff, by the way, by our guys, Joey and Jordan and the cast of millennials. Although I think Jordan's so young, he's not even a millennial. I don't know what to call him. I mean, if you're younger than me and I just call you a millennial, so I don't know what he is. But anyway, I know this, Dave. I want to know, you're a Broncos fan. You live in New England. Would you be offended as if you were a Texans fan and they made your game the Saturday 4.30 least marquee game every year. I mean, Houston Dave is a top five market in our country. They've got one of the five most exciting players in the NFL in Deshaun Watson. Top five market, top five exciting player. Nobody gives a shit. They still make them the Saturday 4.30 game of wildcard weekend. Would that offend you, Dave, or not? Yes, it would. It would offend me. It would get annoying. It would get frustrating. But on the other hand, I would acknowledge, and until my team shows that either, one, they can deliver the ratings of someone like the Dallas Cowboys or win a Super Bowl, then I would understand it. Look, three of the top five most-watched football games in the NFL this season – 
or a team that didn't make the playoffs. That's the Dallas Cowboys. It's just reality until you do something that changes the equation that makes people watch you across the country just the way it is. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, would offend me, but I would get it. And you? Well, and I mean, it would bother me as a Texans fan a little bit, but I mean, it would bother me a lot. Like it, it would bother me that we're just thought of as that shit team that, yeah, they make the playoffs, but I don't know if it's because they're the AFC South or what. It would bother me, Dave. But on the same token, you know, it's math, right? Like, it's numbers. I mean, they want to put the Patriots in a primetime spot. They want to put the Eagles and Seahawks in a primetime spot. Like, it's like you can't argue that not as many people want to watch the Texans as these other teams. And them playing the Buffalo Bills sure as hell doesn't help at all that they're playing the Bills. Like if they were playing the Patriots, that would be different, but they're not. So it's really like, who would you be mad at? Like, who are you fighting? You're fighting math. They get the worst ratings. They put the game that's going to get the worst ratings in the worst rating spot. Yeah, I think it has more to do with Buffalo than it does Houston, and that's where my number seven team comes in. I have Buffalo at number seven, not Houston. Again, a numbers guy. I'm not a huge Josh Allen fan. That has been clear. Here is why. He's had five games, five starts against playoff teams, and he's completed 51% of his passes against those teams. He's one in four. That's why they deserve the number seven ranking. Who you got at number six? I've got the Bills at number six. So, uh, you know, you and I are similar, although I don't know. Maybe you have the Texans one. You haven't said the Texans yet. But I've got the Bills at six. Was not as impressed by their defense as I thought I would be when they played the Patriots. They've got a quarterback making his first playoff start. He's still a young guy, and he's still up and down. And I think the Bills are going to beat the Texans. I, I think the Bills are the better team. But I don't think Josh Allen and the Bills – have much of a chance of going to Baltimore and to Kansas City and winning. He is too inconsistent for me to have any vision of them winning three straight playoff games. So the Bills number six for me. And we are very close because I have the Texans at number six and they're just too erratic for me. I can't figure out who they are. They've allowed 73 points in two December losses to Denver, most notably. Love my Broncos and Drew Locke, but they shredded the Houston Texans and Tennessee. Health is everything for Houston. This return of J.J. Watt, what to make of it? Hard to know. And if there's one player that's the most important player for Houston being healthy, strangely, it is, of course, the wide receiver that they need in the lineup, not named DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller, when Will Fuller's in the lineup, Deshaun Watson is a far different quarterback, and that's aside from the production of Will Fuller. When he's in the lineup, the numbers are dramatically better for Deshaun Watson. It's a strange phenomenon, not entirely clear if he's going to play uh, this weekend. I think questionable at the latest check. Let's move on to number five. Who you got there? I've got the Tennessee Titans number five. Uh, they are playing pretty good football right now, Dave. You know, they've got a consistent quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. Can't believe I'm saying that. Probably couldn't say that five times fast. 
consistent quarterback Ryan Tannehill. He is. You know he's got the highest passer rating of any quarterback in the playoffs? That seemed a little crazy to me, but he does. They've got the leading rusher in the NFL in Derrick Henry. They've got some good guys on the defensive side of the ball. Kevin Byer, Jarrell Casey, uh, A.J. Brown might be offensive rookie of the year. I mean, you sit here and think the quarterback with the highest passer rating of any of the playoffs, the leading rusher in the NFL, maybe the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, that's a lot of good shit, Dave. That's a lot of good stuff right there. I mean, it's pretty, It's pretty darn good. And I think they have a chance to beat the Patriots on Saturday night. And I actually feel better about them winning the next round against Baltimore than I do the Bills or the Texans, mainly because of how they're playing right now. They get a pretty good combo of Tannehill passing. He can make some plays with his legs. Derrick Henry pounding you. I mean, look, I don't think it's going to happen. That's why they're five. But I think they get a better shot than the teams below them. And I agree with you about that talented Titans team, but that's why I have them higher, a couple of notches higher. So hang on to see where I have the Titans. I've got the Vikings here at number five. I just don't like the way this team is finished. I don't like the way they performed in big time spots. I'm not sure about the health of Dalvin Cook. If they have a fully healthy Dalvin Cook that can eat, and I'm talking about 25 carries if he can eat and Kirk Cousins can work off that play action yes this team is far better than the number five ranking I give them but right now we're not sure he hasn't played in three weeks Dalvin Cook and that last time just nine carries for 27 yards it is everything to see where Dalvin Cook lands the big story on this new year is that Donnie Wahlberg tipped an IHOP waitress $2,020, 2020, revealed by his wife, actress Jenny McCarthy, uh, also a host today, which opens up a whole lot of discussion on tipping. Should Jenny McCarthy have revealed that? Were they wanting publicity for that? I like that she revealed it first because maybe it will prompt other rich people, famous people, to do the same thing. But we ask all of you, What do you do with tipping? Yes, you probably tip 20% at a sit-down restaurant unless you get bad service. If you get extraordinary service, you're probably in the 20 to 25 range. But Ross, what the hell do you do when you're at Panera, when you're at Starbucks, let alone when you're at Chinese takeout? Can you break down your tipping philosophy? So here's the thing. I don't even know if I know all the rules for this. I will say this. I think we've talked about this before. I feel bad for like um, bellmen at hotels now. You know, they're so eager to take your bags up. And I really appreciate that. I go out of my way to say, no, 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 thank you. You know why? Yeah. I don't have any cash on me. I don't have any cash on me. I don't want to waste the guy's time and have him. He's being nice. I know what he wants. He doesn't want to help me with my bags up to my room. And then me be like, sorry, bro, you take credit cards? Like, he doesn't want that. You know what I mean? So I'm like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. Thank you. Because I know what that I know what that, that deal is. I know what the trade is there. Um, I think it's interesting. But when I'm at Panera, I love Panera, by the way. Why, why is Panera the only place? 
that knows exactly the right amount of dressing to put on a salad? Hey, all other restaurants in the galaxy, if you're not sure how much dressing to put on a salad, it's how much Panera puts on. That's the answer. Thank you for playing. That's how much you put on. Panera, thank you. (laughs) Anyway, when I'm at Panera, Dave, that is good food, but it's still quick. And I see them working hard, really quick to get you the nice, fresh food in the back. So after I put my credit card in, it says, would you like to tip our whatever? Yep. I give them a dollar. Like I, I, Maybe my order with my family is $27. I put a dollar in for the people in the back. They're not serving me. I got a buzzer. I go up and I get it. But I kind of appreciate the effort. When I'm at like Cold Stone or somewhere ice cream, uh, like I said before the break, they'll say, it'll, you know, when I'm signing the credit card thing, and it has a dollar for a tip. Okay, I'll do the dollar tip. What? But it's weird. I do it, Dave, when I have a credit card slip to fill out, or it's like a press button thing. But I don't find myself tipping for Starbucks to go the to go app, which I love. Or I don't find myself tipping for Uber because it's not necessary as part of the transaction. I don't have to look at it before the transaction. Does that make sense? Uh, half and half, bro. You must tip Uber. I mean, I I cannot impress upon you enough how awful it is that you don't tip Uber. These people make no money. Now, there might be some situations, some cities where Uber drivers are making the big cash. Most sit around and really rely on your tips because there are too many drivers. I ask you, I beg you, I plead of all of you, tip your Uber drivers. I don't tend to tip Starbucks. I don't feel like that's enough of a service industry. I drink black coffee. Now, if I drink some sort of fancy uh, boucher latte, you know, maybe I would lean towards a tip, but I drink black coffee. It's impossible for me to tip on a black coffee. I struggle at Panera and it's the credit card exchange that forced me to now tip. Yeah. A dollar, $2, three, if it's a huge order because the option pops up and because the woman behind the counter is staring at you while you push the no button. I don't mind pushing the no button at Starbucks at Dunkin Donuts at most takeout places. But when I'm getting a sandwich, maybe getting a lunch for the family, it's impossible me for me to press no Chinese takeout is where I struggle. I feel like I'm about a 10% guy. Is that wrong of me? Should I go 20% because someone did have to package that? Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You went and you took it out. Yes, correct. Picked it up. Uh, Definitely not 20%. If you want to give 5%, I think 10% is being very generous. I mean, huh. you're paying usually for the service or for the delivery. Now, let me ask you this. What about if you get, if you have a party at your house and you get six pizzas and it's like $100, okay? You're not tipping that person 20%, 20 bucks, are you? They're doing the same that- thing they would be as if you only ordered one pizza. Yeah, but you're not going to tip them 3 or $4 on a $100 order. 
I don't typically pay the pizza man. I don't know why that is. My wife does it every time. But yeah, I think if if I had $100 in pizza, the tip would probably be around $12. I'm curious what your Uber rating is. Do you even know? I mean, I bet your Uber rating sucks if you don't tip those people. And man, you don't want a bad Uber rating. For, For a while, they didn't even have an option to tip on Uber. Like that wasn't even, I don't even remember... It was only like a couple years ago that they even had that. So I got in, like, the whole point of Uber was you don't have to do anything. After you get there, you're there. And they didn't even have a a tipping option. I feel like they only got the tipping option like a year or two ago. Can you get out your phone? Can you check your rating while we are on here on Home and Home? I'm actually surprised mine is so low. I thought it would be a lot higher. I think I always tip an Uber driver, but I think a couple guys that I've probably canceled or bailed on <laughs> after a few too many cocktails have probably 4. hurt 8. the rating 1. a little. 4.81. Oh, no. <laughs> Yours is higher than mine. I'm a 4.8. And you oh! don't tip? Yes. And you don't tip? Um, that I, is- think some, I think sometimes if they're like, uh, if they're especially awesome, like they waited for me or they seem like a good per- then I'll tip and I'll especially tip Dave if I'm getting reimbursed for that expense then I'll tip that probably helps me if I'm getting <laughs> reimbursed for that expense then I'll tip if I'm not getting reimbursed boy they had to go above and beyond man now you're making uh. me feel bad I knew this was going to happen 2007 Giants 2010 Packers, the most recent wildcard team to win a Super Bowl. Is any team playing on this wildcard weekend truly capable of winning a Super Bowl? We're continuing to count down our rankings of those eight teams in terms of least to most likely chance to win it all in February in Miami. It's a Wild Card Friday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. And we're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. The smartest way to hire without a doubt in 2020. It's this exclusive address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. Ross revealed his bottom four earlier in the show. Eagles, number eight, then Texans, Bills, and Titans. We continue now with the top four. Ross, who you got? Number four for me is the Minnesota Vikings. You know what that's from, Dave? I don't. You never listened to Lizzo Truth Hurts? Oh, man. I should have known that. My son no loves No man the Lizzo. on the Minnesota Vikings. Anyway, I don't know if that makes the Ross Tucker mixtape. The na 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 might have kept that off the Ross Tucker greatest. The hits. Minnesota Vikings. Anyway, I got the Minnesota Vikings number four. Look, they are the biggest underdog this weekend. That is a very tough task for them to have to go to New Orleans to the Superdome to play the Saints. I don't think they're gonna win that game, but. If they do, I actually think they are talented enough with Thielen and Diggs and a healthy Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins and 
guys on D like Daniil Hunter and Harrison Smith and Everson Griffin, Eric Kendricks. They actually shouldn't even be the sixth seed when you think about how talented the Vikings are. They are talented enough to win three road games and get to the Super Bowl. Again, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think there's a better chance that it happens to them than the Titans, mm. Texans, Bills, or Eagles. All right, at number four, I have the New England Patriots. I know I, I had a hard time even writing them down at the number four spot, but you've got to go to the eye test. You can't just go to history and what has somehow happened each and every year, seemingly. The eye test tells you the rain is over. That Miami game, Bill Belichick said beforehand, was a playoff game in their backyard. All they had to do was stop Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins offense from driving 75 yards on 13 plays, and they would have had a bye, and they couldn't do it. Devontae Parker shredded. Arguably the defensive player of the year prior to the last couple of weeks, Stephon Gilmore. And to me, Gilmore is the most important person in this matchup. He has to figure out a way to lock down A.J. Brown. Not sure he can do it based on what happened last week, which brings up the question, is this the last game Tom Brady plays in a Patriots uniform? Last game he ever plays at Gillette Stadium in terms of being in the home side, yes, I do think it is. How do they feel about it on WEEI Sports Radio in Boston as we continue our Radio.com Red Zone here? If they come back and play the way they've played all year long defensively, they will win that game on Saturday night. You're right. If they play the way they played in the Miami game, they will lose. Their offense is the problem. Tennessee hey, State shot. Tennessee State is not that good. Look, look at the Patriots it's offense. Not that Stop. Good. Don't tell me it's not that, that this good. Patri- I don't care. You can have the. They're one of the worst offenses in the league. I don't give me this. Don't give me like. Oh, so what? Doesn't matter. No, they're not any good. I have more confidence in Tom Brady I than don't. I would in Ryan Taylor. I don't. And it's not. And it's again. You know, Brady's had a better career than Ryan Tannehill, but with what Ryan Tannehill has to play with. He can hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, and it can make life so much easier. But with Tennessee, I, I think they could muster up enough. Well, if they I stuff Derrick Henry and he does nothing, then they're then done. I would agree Tennessee's with done. Then I would agree. Right. If de- can they? Right. No. He's the best running back they faced all year. With Tannehill, that's why I have more confidence with him. It's not like Brady can can you know can can hand the ball off and control the control the game and then play action and hit guys that are open. Well, I think they can run a like little bit. Like Tannehill can, game. like Lamar Jackson can. That's why there's seventy percent completion percentage. Well, a lot of people for a lot of years have tried to predict the end of the Patriots dynasty, and recently they've been wrong. But Peter, are we are we looking at that either this weekend or the following weekend? Is this is this it for this incredible run? Well, Rich, the other day in my column, I wrote basically that this is the end of something in New England. I, I don't think it's the end of greatness uh, necessarily or winning in New England, but I think it's the end of something. And you believe that this is it. This will Saturday night is his last game as a member of the New England Patriots. Never been more sure of it, that in my life. He is wow. going to be on either retired or on another team next season. He will not be quarterback of the Patriots. 
Continue the radio.com red zone with WEEI. You heard Peter King, the great Peter King, say it's the end of something. What exactly is it the end of? This I know. The best quarterback, at least right now, is Ryan Tannehill. Clearly the best running back is Derrick Henry, the rushing champ. Clearly the best receiving core belongs to the Titans as well. If say, it, edge, Dave, yes, say it, Dave. Say it. Say it. You think the Titans are going to win? Do you think the Titans I'm are going to win? I'm taking the Titans to win. Forget the points. Titans win this ball game. I'm looking, and it just the eye test tells me Tennessee wins this ball game. You disagree? You know, look, I think it's a toss-up game. I just can't do it, bro. I can't do it. I've been burned too many times. That when's the last time they lost two games at home? I know in a row that matter. It's Saturday night. It's gonna be snowing. Ryan Tannehill in the snow. Hell no, bro. Hell no. I can't go there. I can't go there. It what her, what's it called? Not hurricane. Winter storm Henry or something. Yeah. Yep. Tom Brady owns winter storms. You know what they do? When the winter storm comes in New England, they ask Brady what its name should be because he owns that shit. All right? <laughs> Patriots going to win. That's what they do. I don't think they're going to win in Kansas City the next week, but I, I just cannot see the Titans in their pastel blue uniforms going up to New England. I mean, that would be amazing if they did, uh, and that would be, by the way, can you imagine, Dave, if those are the last two games for Tom Brady? with the New England Patriots in Gillette Stadium. Can you imagine if his last two games are losing to the Aqua Dolphins and the Teal (laughs) Titans? (laughs) I mean, what the hell are we talking about? You, if you're Tom Brady, the manliest man in the world, the every guys want to be him. Girls want to be with him. You cannot end your career after 20 years as the GOAT by losing to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Aqua Color Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill and the Teal Dolph, uh, Titan. <laughs> Can't happen. Cannot happen. And the dichotomy of Brian Flores, a former Patriots assistant, and then Mike Vrabel, a, long, a legend, really, in Patriots history, coming to New England and beating Bill Belichick. It would be such a stunning uh, turn of events. But speaking of turn of events, winter storm Henry right now doesn't look like a winter storm at all. 45 degrees and rain expected right now. So I don't expect that to be a game-changing storm. And if he was going to name it, he ain't going to name it after the best running back in terms of yardage this season. Let's continue now. Number three, who you got? Number three, I've got the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, They have a tough path. I think it's a toss-up game for them against the Eagles on Sunday. Uh, By the way, I put a poll out, or kind of a poll, on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL. You are at Dave Briggs TV. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the show yesterday or just on our text message thread for the home and home crew. People seem to like the wall, wall, walk ons. That was a Jordan Cohn original. Nobody's loving my practice squad posse or preseason all stars, probably because they're not that creative. But we've gotten some other really good tweets. Maybe we'll finish the show with some other nicknames for this Eagles team, the current iteration. But I'm going with the Seahawks. Look, playoff pedigree, 
And more than anything else, Dave, Russell Wilson. If I could only have one quarterback for the next 10 years, his name is Russell Wilson. They were getting the crap beat out of them by the Niners on Sunday night. They were. Niners should have put that game away. But then here comes Russell Wilson. And the Niners are the number one seed. People are loving the Niners. If they don't get the delay game, they win. If they review that interference in the end zone, Seahawks win. If Greenlaw doesn't have maybe the best hit I've ever seen. We are not talking enough about that hit by the Niners linebacker blowing up Hollister, the tight end for the Seahawks. I mean, that's a 255-pound dude. He was two inches from the goal line. And Dre Greenlaw went, ah! That was awesome. That was the whole essence of the sport. And for those of you that never played, I feel bad for you. Because that there's no better feeling than that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's even better than the other really good feeling in life. I'm telling you, it's better. It's better. It's better. You can get that other feeling anytime you want. You get another feeling. You can only get that every once in a while. It is awesome. Anyway, oh, what are we even talking I love about? I forget. I forget what I mean. We're talking about. Oh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks. The Seahawks could have won that damn game, and they'd be the number three seed. Russell Wilson gives them a chance to win three straight road games. He does. I, I'm still I'm still loving when you feel bad for people. I love when you feel bad for people and reveal to us just how much you enjoy that, the sheer pleasure. You, of you, you know I have a business idea for that, right? Have I told you oh, about please, that? Please, please, please tell me. I think you have, okay. but refresh. So I've got all kinds of buddies that have never played football, right? And you do too, and we all do. They always kind of would have liked it, but they were smaller in high school, whatever. We get some people. We get helmet and shoulder pads. And I don't know. We get some people that are willing to take some collisions. Um, I'm not going to say who the employees of the business would be, uh, but I have some ideas. You come and you pay $100. That's right. And some guy just runs down the sideline like this, one of our employees, and you, as the paying customer, get to come from the side so that you don't really get hurt and hit that dude as hard as you possibly can. You get one collision, it's $100, and then the next guy in line goes, but you, once in your life, get to know what it feels like And I know a lot of people would be wimps about it and they would slow up a little bit. Well, I get it, but maybe not. Maybe you have a few beers before you come over. We sell beer at my store, okay? We sell beer at my store. You can even do a couple shots, whatever you want, and then you run and you hit that guy that we hired, probably several of them, and you hit him as hard as you can, and you, for once in your life, know the greatest feeling in the history of planet Earth. Where football meets Shark Tank right here on Home and Home. So many billion-dollar concepts pitched right here on Home and Home by Ross Tucker. Somebody's going to make a shit ton of money off these great ideas. We have similar ideas about our top teams. And to me, I take... 
the, the the Tennessee Titans at number three. Well, that's where we left off, right? You had Seattle. No, at I three. said Seahawks at three. I didn't know who you had said at three. You said Titans at three. You had said, I say Titans at three. It's all about Ryan Tannehill. Yes, second best passer rating in the league since he took over. Best of NFL quarterbacks. Here's another nerdy number for you: eighty-seven percent in the red zone. Yes, you can say that's not likely to continue, but that's how they're punching it in right now with Derrick Henry. 87% in the red zone. That's part of the reason they go to New England and win. Number two, who you got? The New England Patriots. Yeah, I know they lost to the Dolphins, but the week before, they actually looked pretty darn good against the Buffalo Bills. And guess what? They're kind of the New England Patriots. They've got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah, they're number two. I don't need to say any more. That's it. That is short. That is sweet. Number two for me, the Seattle Seahawks. A similar reason you took them number three. And Russ, I trust. And for all you folks living in Philadelphia, no, you would not take Carson Wentz over Russell Wilson. Not in any season not in any situation. And let's just agree here. That's a ridiculous question to ask, let alone the fact that it went 69-31 Carson in Philly. Right, Ross? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's just funny how fickle it can be from one game to the next. I mean, before that first Seahawks game, after that first Seahawks game, and then now, it's – I mean, honestly – it would be a fantastic, Dave, case study for any type of polling, any type of fan behavior, just to see the roller coaster that fans go on based on how the guy has played. It is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately life, that's for sure. It is. And I think number one is going to be a relatively quick conversation because we have the same team at number one, and I think we both believe they are very capable of winning it all. So go ahead and reveal number one. Yeah, I mean, it's the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you and I both agree. I think that they're, I do power rankings every week. I have number three. I have it right now. The Baltimore Ravens, yep. one, Kansas City Chiefs, two, New Orleans Saints, three. Now they got a really tough road to hoe. I mean, I think they're better than the Packers and Niners, but are they good enough to beat a pretty good Vikings team, then go to Green Bay, then go to likely San Francisco? Probably not, yeah. which is why it's. we talked about it on Monday's show, Dave. It's exactly why that game between Seattle and San Francisco was so huge. If Seattle wins that game, they review that play or whatever, the Saints get a bye. That's a big difference. And the Saints' divisional round game's home. They only have to win two games total and only one on the road. Huge. I think the Saints are awesome. Yeah. I think they could be the first team since the 2012 Baltimore Ravens to play wildcard weekend and get to the Super Bowl. In fact, I'm not saying that I would bet on it, but they might be my favorite, dude. They might be my favorite to get it done. Well, there's a possibility looming that San Francisco gets eliminated in two weeks by Seattle. So if you take away um, the fact that they'd have to go to – I don't think they're capable of going to San Francisco and winning that game. But if they would have, to your point, sealed home field, 
I don't think there's anyone that goes to New Orleans and wins. But certainly, I think they are capable of not just getting to, but matching the Packers 2010 as wildcard teams to win a Super Bowl. The question I have really is about Kamara. I, I mean, he has been hit and miss all season long. Um, he's had some some injury issues, but the production has been there and that it's been completely AWOL in a November loss to Atlanta, four carries for 24 yards. I can't quite figure him out. He did have a late season resurgence. And that's my biggest question mark about new Orleans is which Camara do they have in the postseason? The guy's tremendously talented. If he's the guy he was the last two weeks, I think they're capable of getting it done. Agreed. He looked very healthy against the Panthers in that last game. They looked awesome. They've gotten their guards back, Larry Warford, as well as Andrews Pete. I mean, they are poised to go on a run here. It's just crazy that the second year in a row, a highly questionable call might be the primary thing that prevents them from going to the Super Bowl. It's crazy, God. Dave. I just have such an uneasy feeling about officiating going into the postseason. I yeah. have this feeling inside, I think you do too, that there's going to be another defining moment. Clearly, that will be the moment that says no more Al Riveron, and they're going to have major structural changes. Sky Judge, we both agree. Before we go, we're out of time on a Friday. I need your number one betting tip this weekend. You've been on fire. I need one game to bet on just to – get a little more interested in wildcard weekend. Number one bet. Uh, it's, it's a Saturday game. It's either the Titans or the bills. I'm going to go with the bills though. I don't have faith in the Texans. I do have faith in the Patriots. They're the Patriots. Take the bills, the two and a half points. I think the bills win the game outright. And if they lose, heck, maybe it's a one wow. or two point game and they're close. I got the bills. Wow, that was a shocker of an of a bet of the week, but it intrigues me. I can't take that one. I just don't think Josh Allen can go get it done against Deshaun Watson, but I can't wait. It's going to be an outstanding wild card weekend. We'll be back on Monday to wrap it all up for you. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. Enjoy wild card weekend. We'll see you Monday. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.